guys, welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad you joined in to listen today. If you enjoy our show and want to hear more, be sure to give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to have you listen in to future episodes. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Leviticus chapters 8 through 10. But to pick up where we left off last week, let's quickly recap what we saw in chapters 6 and 7. In chapter 6 through 7, we learned what the instructions were to the priests regarding the sin, burnt, and grain offerings and what their responsibilities were. We touched slightly on things that were clean and unclean. We spoke about certain parts of not only sacrifice, but parts of all animals in everyday life that should never be eaten. Never. Fat and blood. And we also were introduced to a new offering, which was the ordination offering. And this was an offering... That will be given on the day that the priests were anointed. Did you tally all those offerings? That was How a many lot. times did she say offering? It should be a drinking game. Actually, no, let's not no. do that. <laughs> Shouldn't ply yourself with drink. No, let's not do that. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, for a recap of just Leviticus in general right now, we have gone from chapters one through seven, which talk about all of the sacrifices that we are going to be instituting with the priests that are about to be anointed and consecrated and all of that. Right. And then we also have their instructions of how the priests interact with all of those sacrifices, how, what their duties are, what, how do they interact with the people? How does what they do affect the rest of the congregation? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And now here we are with the consecration of Aaron, the high priest and his sons. So we're going into the establishment of the priesthood, which is that third kind of ring before the day of atonement, as we talked about in the intro to Leviticus episode. Remember, we have the sacrifices, rituals and all that stuff. And then we have the purification and then we have the priesthood. Then we'll have the day of atonement. Then we'll have the priesthood again, purification, rituals and sacrifices. Remember? Yes. No. Sounds good. Lovely. I trust you. Fine. I trust it's you. Fine. I trust you. And I think too, it's important to know, you know, all the stuff that Victoria just talked about that we covered thus far in Leviticus and we talked about um, in the intro episode has not happened yet. Nope. It's all instructions. Just like we had <laughs> the instructions of the tabernacle, the breaking of the instructions, the instructions again in Exodus. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all been instructions and these are, you know, given by God to Moses to instruct the rest of the people. Correct. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about eight, nine, and 10, which eight is the establishment of the priesthood. Nine, we have the first services of the tabernacle. And then 10, we have an occasion if priests didn't really follow the rules. Yes. And we'll get there. And that's Mm -hmm. an exciting chapter, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We'll spur a lot of conversation, I think. So eight is um, the consecration of Aaron and his sons. So starting with verse one, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take Aaron and his sons with him and the garments and the anointing oil and the bull of the sin offering and the two rams and the basket of unloving bread and assemble all the congregation at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him and the congregation was assembled at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So eight is kind of split up into seven different sections. Um, We have... This common phrase, which we'll hear as the Lord commanded, and that's kind of what splits up into those sections. So if you kind of look at verse four, it says, and Moses did as the Lord commanded him. That should really be the end of that first section, in my opinion. Um, So section one is verse one through four. So that's Moses taking Aaron, his sons, along with all of the material things that they need for the ordination. And then he gathered the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. 
Um, because the ordination ceremony is a public spectacle. Correct. Everybody is there witnessing it, watching it. I have a feeling it was just the leaders. That's what I thought, too, because I started reading this and I finished first four and I was like, I immediately have questions. <laughs> right. Like and then I was like, OK, well, you're getting caught up in the things that they told you not to get caught up in. Because remember, like the this is the Israelites were millions, millions of people, yeah. millions of people, not just like a small handful like like you know what i mean is normally depicted and like it's not and just jacob's like, family yeah it was millions of people and so i think you're right i think it was like leaders yeah basically yeah and i think too while we're talking about seven I, did we ever talk about like what i saw something interesting and i can't remember if you brought it up or if we talked about it in previous episodes like back in genesis like why the number seven this is totally random but i saw no. it and i thought it was just really interesting it's god's perfect number there's seven colors in the rainbow yeah so there's I don't know, seven seven yeah, instances of yes, everything seven yeah, days like, and of creation is, and, yes and seven days well it's six days creation day rest yes and then it's like the what is it the day of or the time period or whatever we're going to get to it later in this episode like it's seven oh, days yes, yes. The like sprinkling this is, of seven times yes and, and so uh-huh. i just ran across something interesting i don't remember where i saw it i was like oh my gosh so okay seven if there's a theory where it's three god father yeah Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit uh-huh. plus creation. North, south, east, west. Four. Three plus four. A number for each representation. Like Southeast West. So because that's directions. That's no matter what you go, there's a direct like that's all of it's all of creation. Water, mm-hmm. air, fire, earth. Yeah. So it could be like oh. you see? I was like, oh my gosh, that's really interesting. That of course is not biblically anywhere no. that i'm aware of it was no. just something interesting that i saw that i never thought of so well seven is my lucky number well it's god's too so <laughs> god did choose me <laughs> okay and, and he chooses you too okay but um, he does seriously so we have moses aaron his sons probably just the leaders of israel all the leaders of israel are likely outside of the court because it's at the entrance to the tent of meeting Yes, at the entrance of the tent of meeting, they can't go in. So literally, the way I picture it, I feel like Aaron, his sons, are behind that veil, that screen veil. Yes. But they're at the entrance. So like people that are peering in can see them. Yeah. That's at least what I I read something that said that that's probably where they were. It was all like right there because the people couldn't come in. They couldn't. But they weren't allowed to come out. Nobody ever goes in. Nobody Nobody ever ever goes out. It's the chocolate factory. Anyway. (laughs) I'm so glad you knew that. Of course I knew that. Um, I think there was something to learn from watching God set apart the men for his service mm-hmm. and, and everything because we'll get to it. But like it's it's not an easy process. It's not quick. It's not simple. And the smallest mishap can end in disaster. You know, so I think it's something to be learned from watching these men be set apart. The act of setting them apart for God's service is something that the leaders of Israel probably benefited from watching yeah exactly and i think too that it also drove home the fact that they are separate from you like Mm -hmm. they are holy because of this yes and this is why um moving on to section two which is verse five through nine we have the cleansing ceremony so it says and moses said to the congregation this is the thing that the lord has commanded to be done and moses brought aaron and his sons and washed them with water and he put a coat 
He put the coat on him and tied the sash around his waist and clothed him with the robe and put the ephod on him and tied this and tied the skillfully woven band of the ephod around him, binding it to him with the band. And he placed the breastpiece on him and in the breastpiece, he put the ermim and the thummim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I saying that right? I don't remember. And he set the turban on his head and the turban and on the turban in front, he set the gold plate the holy crown as the Lord commanded Moses. Yes. So if you remember back in Exodus, we went into fine detail about what the high priest's garments look like. They're very um, elaborate. Yes. I mean, and for good reason. And pretty and like just... Over the top. Over the top. Pretty much. Like, like the breastplate. Remember the breastplate yes, had like 12 ooh, stones. Yes, 12 gemstones. Gemstones of for, Israel. Yeah, one for each tribe. Yes. And then the, the umum and the thummim or whatever yeah. was supposed to be like the yes, no yes. things from God. Yes, and, but nobody really knows how they work and yeah, the no. whole thing. We dug into it really deep and I don't remember exactly it what It was back episode. in Exodus. Yeah, but it was back in Exodus. So if you haven't listened to that, back go back. And if you haven't looked up a picture of the high priest garments do it it's cool it is really cool you'll see the tassels and the bells and the Mm pom-poms and all the things and think about too like this is something that has never been seen before either because this is all like divinely inspired Mm -hmm. so well i mean i guess it's been seen by the people who made it but not put together all in one person yeah it's like the first time it's coming together was after he was yeah and nobody else wore or wears anything like it yeah so moses um washed personally washed aaron and his sons with water and clothed them in the sight of the people they were naked naked but but i guess i didn't even think of that they were naked they had to strip down Mm. and be naked in front of the entire congregation or the group of leaders you know um they didn't wash themselves either like it goes to the point of they received a washing from moses like can you imagine the only thing that i can really picture it is like I am a vegetable and somebody has to come and wipe my butt every day. Yeah. Like, or like I, a sponge bath whenever exactly. you can't. Oh, exactly. Like I, he I'm had not like, a Levite. I just, I just, I think it's funny because it was the cleansing first and then we have the sin offering after. Right. So you have to be cleansed yes. of your sin first, but in doing the cleansing, the washing before you are cleansed of your sin with the sin offering, you have to be humbled. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't think of a better way of being humbled oh, rather than standing in the front of an no. entire army of people naked but naked naked no <laughs> you know yeah no like, thank you <laughs> not anyway. i'm not doing it so that was section two five three nine was just the cleansing like moses washed aaron and his sons with water and then put the clothes on them yes. so um verses 10 through 13 is the third section um and this is where moses was anointing the priests. so it says Yes, priests and all the things. So it says, Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. And he sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all of its utensils and the basin and its stand to consecrate them. And he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. And Moses brought Aaron's sons and clothed them with the coats and tied sashes around their waist and bound caps on them as the Lord commanded Moses. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the pouring of the oil. I know we talked about it a little bit in Exodus. Yeah. But I kind of want to talk about it now, too, because I think it's important, is, like, how symbolic that is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even in, there's a psalm that even talks about it. I I don't remember which psalm it is. It talks about the beard running off of 
the oil, no, the running, oil, yeah. not the not the beard running off of the oil. No, <laughs> the oil running off of Aaron's beard because it wasn't like I mean, there's a difference. It says when he sprinkles the oil, and you think drip, 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 and then there's like pouring, like like mm-hmm. pours the bottle of oil on and it's just pouring down his head mm-hmm. and so in that sermon series that i talked about in the last episode by the calvary calvary church i think in ontario oregon mm-hmm. he talks a little bit about it and the way he did it he kind of made a parallel to jesus mm-hmm. in the sense that you know the it's the outpouring of the holy spirit right so of course he's going to cover him in it well oil is always referenced to as the holy spirit always mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. interesting that's what a lot of what i read said that there's a huge parallel between oil and the holy spirit that makes a lot of sense and especially like this oil remember this oil and this incense were a special mm-hmm. formula again mm-hmm. that was divinely inspired from yeah. god himself yep um and so you know he's pouring it over aaron's head i wish i had an example i'm sorry of what of the oil but being the holy spirit i'm sure we'll run across it it's in the new testament i'm sure yeah well i'm sure we'll run across it stay tuned to future episodes um it might take us a couple years we'll get there so you know we are all priests through jesus christ right so he is the or our great high high priest priest. Mm -hmm. yes and i'm sure you know we're often referred to as the body of christ and so the outpouring of the holy spirit or in this case the pouring of the The oil oil. is Mm -hmm. the actual physical thing that's happening it's being poured on the head right which is essentially the high priest i.e jesus Mm -hmm. and then it just pours and flows and spreads all over the body covering the body Mm -hmm. so essentially you know the parallel and it's just that we're we're just constantly blessed covered Mm -hmm. in his blessing Mm -hmm. so i just thought that was neat all the blessing flows down covering it mm-hmm. i like how it it specifically specifies that the oil was sprinkled on the things of the tabernacle yes. but the oil was poured yeah. out into the people yeah. um, because it was sacred and it was expensive to make so the fact that they poured it it's kind of like mary magdalene pouring that entire thing of oil yeah. on jesus like it's you know, it's significant. It's symbolic. And another thing that I found, um, this goes outside of biblical text. It's kind of like around what was happening in the area and what was the custom. Um, it said in the near East in it's blinding sun and very hot climate, the thin clothes that folks would wear nomads in the desert and their exposure to the intensity of sunlight. One of the great expressions of hospitality to them as they would come to a near Eastern tent and receive the kindness of their hosts would that be have, would have been their host having the privilege of anointing them with oil. The oil served to moisturize their skin and to perfume them because you can imagine the yeah. god awful smells that was mm-hmm. emitting and from these people. Yeah, and the heat and the skin yeah. and sun damage. And it said it was a great blessing and expression of hospitality and expression of I'm making you at home in my home. I'm accepting you into my house as part of my own household. Mm, yeah. So the fact that, like that God is saying to these priests, I'm anointing you, I'm welcoming you into my home you know you are part of my family is really just pushing that bounds between what the priests are and what the commoners yeah. are yeah you know exactly. these are the tenders of god's exactly. house exactly so that's why they are yeah. also anointed. they're special and they're holy and they're mm-hmm. set apart very cool i did not know that interesting I mean, it makes sense absolutely and there's a does. lot of other references in the new testament you know there was i read somewhere that it was like you know somebody was complaining about the fact that they welcomed a guest into their home and they didn't anoint them before eating you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah 
Yeah. It was definitely a custom and it was something that was done. Yeah. In fact, I remember in the same story that we were just talking about when Mary Magdalene, you know, washed Jesus's feet with her hair and tears that he said to the Pharisees guy, the host that was in there, he's like, when I came in here, you didn't even walk. You didn't mm-hmm. offer me anything. You didn't wash the dust off my feet. You didn't. So yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah. To do this. Yep. So section four is verse 14. What chapter are we in? We're on eight. Eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we just finished eight. Section 13. four. Yeah, my Bible was flipped for some reason. Section four is verse 14 through 17, which is the purification slash atonement. Mm-hmm. It says, Then he brought the bull of the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull of the sin offering, and he killed it. And Moses took the blood and with his finger put it on the horns of the altar around it and purified the altar and poured out the blood at the base of the altar and consecrated it to make atonement for it. And he took all the fat that was on the entrails and the long lobe of the liver and the two kidneys with their fat and Moses burned them on the altar. But the bull and its skin and its flesh and its dung he burned up with fire outside the camp as the Lord commanded Moses. Mm-hmm. So he killed it as in Aaron or one of his sons. Yeah that was taking part of this sin offering. Um, now the question I had at this point, it stumbled me for a long time because I was like, what is what qualifies Moses to be the one to take the place, quote unquote place of the high priest or one of the priests in their anointing ceremony? Like, do you think he got a free pass to be able to do all this for the first time? Or do you think he didn't sin? Like, or was his sin forgiven in some other way? Like what? Right. Because we know he's a murderer. Right. Like what qualified him to be able to do these things? Yeah. And you know, I had the same question because because like, okay, here's, here's my thought process. At the end of Exodus, we have those verses where he goes in, he sets up everything inside the tabernacle, he anoints Mm -hmm. the things that are in there, and then God's glory fills the tabernacle Mm -hmm. at the end of Exodus, Mm -hmm. right? And we know that he had to go in and anoint those things because without doing that, God would not be able to go into the tent of meeting, into the tabernacle and Mm -hmm. like have his glory be filled with it, right? So now... At the beginning of Leviticus, God is talking to Moses from the tent of meeting. Moses can can even approach the tent like mm-hmm. nobody can. Yeah. So like what makes him so important and makes him so worthy to A, anoint the priests, do all the sacrificial things for the priests, and B, also enter the tent of meeting and anoint all the things while God's glory is filling the tent. Like I don't understand yeah, that was that was a really a, a point for me too except i hit it much earlier on like almost right at the beginning yeah no. like whenever i said right now, i was like imme- i was like immediately no who is he <laughs> like why is he allowed to do this because i'm like you i'm like okay well at the end of exodus god's glory has filled the tabernacle yeah and like you said and we had kind of talked about a little bit at the beginning of the episode i think it's important to understand the actual because as we learned in exodus mm-hmm. that the way it's written is not always the order yeah you know that it happened it because remember when moses father-in-law came and yeah amongst all this other stuff and mm-hmm. when he was up on the mountain yeah, and when yeah, he came yeah. down you know that it's not so i know we kind of talked it out a little bit where and i think and you tell me if you agree moses set up the tabernacle he anointed everything Yes. In the tabernacle and then came out. Mm-hmm. And then once he came, well, the tent of meeting, not the tabernacle, excuse me, the tent of meeting and came out. Yeah. 
and God's glory filled the tent of meeting so that Moses couldn't go back in the tent of meeting. Yes. Which was fine because he did his part in there. He's done. Yes. He did what he needed to do in there. And now after all this, now is the time to start the ordination of the priests and the high priest and the anointing of the burnt altar burnt offering table and all that kind of stuff yeah and i was like yeah that was one of my first questions is is what what makes it okay for him to do it but he's not allowed in the tent of meeting like to me that just didn't make sense Mm -hmm. and so I actually found something that was really interesting. This is from BibleTalk.tv. Um, and it says, as God's chosen representative, because keep in mind, Moses is only God's chosen representative right now because there mm-hmm. are no priests. So Moses is his main man right now. Which we knew that because he climbed Sinai how many freaking yes. times? And delivered he's been the Ten speaking through him, appeared to him on the burning bush. That's like the, God chose him in the burning bush. Yes, like that's when he chose him. Yes. It's very clear that Moses is God's chosen one. And we know that eventually when the priests are put into office, that they will be God's representatives. But right now, other than Moses... Mm-hmm. what representative does god have yeah. you know yeah so it says as god's chosen representative moses serves in god's role for these proceedings it will be god himself acting through moses who will be the one who is actually consecrating the tabernacle to priests in their garments to the service of the lord note that after moses will have offered the sacrifices and consecrated the people and the objects with the holy oil he will no longer be allowed to offer sacrifice or enter the holy place or holy of holies despite his leadership of the people and direct relationship with god after their consecration consecration (laughs) only the priest will be able to offer sacrifices or enter the holy place and only the high priest will be allowed to enter the holy of holies or the most high holy place once per year on the day of atonement yeah yeah so basically he's doing it basically is like just this one-time thing with the instructions from god god's gonna be you know working through him yeah it's it's got god's doing the work through moses yeah and that's why because what he didn't i mean i don't hate to say this because it sounds terrible but like he didn't have any other choice because there were no priests to put the priest into office you know what i mean so it's kind of like a one and done type of deal yeah Makes sense. Okay. I got hung up on that. Yeah, me too. For a while. That I was like, and the no. fact that like he had he went in and anointed the things and then now he's going in and anointing the things again. Yes, that was also a hang up for me. Like, I'm like, he did Hold it on twice. a minute. Because it's not like God's glory could God's glory He couldn't he have couldn't come have come down. His presence couldn't be there before before it was holy, before it was yeah. clean and prepared for him. Yeah. So Right? Yeah. How could right. he? Like okay. because remember, even like and we'll get to it. I don't know how soon, sometime when David is king, the about Uzzah. I mean, no, he yeah, yeah, touched yeah. it. And yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. of course, it would have to be. Yeah. Then anyway. Okay. So, we just went through the purification and the anointment and we did the sin offering, right? Yeah. Yep. So, the priests were sinful men, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and their sin and transgressions had to be dealt with before they were able to carry out God's work because the priests were the ones that were supposed to be, you know, giving the sacrifices and doing the blood sprinkling and doing all the things that was considered holy in terms of the sacrifices. And like we said a couple episodes ago, that sin pollutes everything. everything. So if you are in a sinful state or if you're in an unclean state, especially as a priest, everything that you do is null and void. Right. It doesn't 
not it's, that it's, it's a defiles work it but defiles, defiles it yeah, yeah that it's not just like you said i can't remember how many episodes it was but we talked about it how yeah. their sin because they are men their sin not men as in like men but like human, as in human yeah there's they they sin you're still it's gonna happen you can be a priest and still sin yeah. that's why there's a special sin exactly. offering for a priest exactly and so even too like we talked about when you're going into like the peace offering or like you know the thanksgiving offering like sin still has to be acknowledged and dealt with yeah. and especially now since these men are being put into such a high office a, yes an esteemed place like of course they're gonna have to have their sin addressed mm-hmm. so um, section five is verse 18 through 21, which is the part of the burnt offering. Um, so it says, then he presented the ram of burnt offering and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram and he killed it. And Moses threw the blood against the sides of the altar. He cut the ram into pieces and Moses burned the head and the pieces and the fat. He washed the entrails and the legs with water and Moses burned the whole ram on the altar. It was a burnt offering with a pleasing aroma, a food offering for the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. So we have the purification of the sin offering slash the atonement that was given um, in place of their sin. Yes. And then now we have the dedication or the commitment of the priests. They're dedicating their lives to serving God as his priests. Yes. Um, section six is verse 22 through 29. Do you have anything else to say? I'm sorry. I know. I, like I don't know. I just talked for how long about what I qualified <laughs> Moses. And no, I feel like that's pretty. I mean, the thing of it is, is I think to, but, yeah go back and listen to the last even just like episode what is it three and three through five yes we go through the pretty much the sin offering the, the guilt burnt o- offering. yeah not the burn offering the, the sin offering which is the guilt offering the guilt the guilt offering and then the peace offering or whatever pretty heavy yeah and so i feel like if you haven't listened to it this this, this section will make more sense yeah, yeah. so section six is verse 22 through 29 and that says Then he presented the other ram, the ram of ordination, and Aaron and his sons had laid their hands on the head of the ram, and he killed it. And Moses took some of its blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. Then he presented Aaron's sons, and Moses put some of the blood on the lobes of their right ears and on the thumbs of their right hands and on the big toes of their right feet. And Moses threw the blood against the sides of the altar. Right. Yes. Then he took the fat and the fat tail and all the fat that was on the entrails and the long lobe of the liver and the two kidneys with their fat and the right thigh out of the basket of out of the basket of unloving bread. What? And out oh. of the basket. And out of the basket of unloving bread <laughs> that was before the Lord. He took one unleavened loaf and one loaf of bread with oil and one wafer and placed them on the pieces of fat and on the right thigh. And he put all the things all these in the hands of Aaron and in the hands of his sons and waved them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then Moses took them from their hands and burned them on the altar with the burnt offering. This was an ordination offering with a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. And Moses took the breast and waved it for a wave offering before the Lord. It was Moses's portion of the ram of ordination as the Lord commanded Moses. Yes, that was a lot. That was a long, was, a long one. Was struggling. Um, so section six is the second ram offering because the first ram offering was for the burnt offering. Yes, the second ram offering was the ordination offering or the installation of sacrifice and the consecration of the priest. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Okay, what is the difference between being consecrated, being a- anointed, Ooh. being 
you know what was I the other one there was another one anointed hold on i have i have something on this took a screenshot because i was kind of getting hung up on it too to be so, ordained yes to be consecrated so the difference be between anointed. anoint ordained and consecration because it's like we keep hearing the terms over and over again but it I doesn't they right they're the very thing. similar but and i'm like okay are they being interchangeably i, I don't know but this again yeah. is from bibletalk.tv mm-hmm it says anoint means to set aside for god's purpose okay right which makes sense because for god's purpose like i'm thinking of like yes the priests are gonna serve him and and do the services of like sacrificing and well, everything you anoint and, the things and you and exactly and you anoint the things as well because so. they're also going to be used for god's purpose the ark of the covenant the altars yeah the, the lampstand the candle yeah all that table, stuff all the things so then ordain needs to appoint to a special task or role role so they're going to be doing their ordination is of their priests is based, yes of the office basically yes. of the position we that they're the going priest, to be taking and then we have priests yes okay and then the conse- consecrate means to i guess it says this means to be assigned to be holy or hold a holy position uh-huh. by god and for his purposes so it's kind of like anoint yeah, it's kind of like anoint where you can anoint and consecrate objects, maybe, maybe, but okay, you ordain people. Maybe it's like anoint, you anoint them to consecrate them. Yes, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know? Yeah, because I was also hung up on that. That was one of the first things I had to look up because I was like, what are they? Why do they keep saying this? Like, yeah. what is the difference? Does that make sense? I think so. Was that helpful? Because this was an ordination offering. It was an ordination offering. Isn't an offering to put them or show that they were in place because, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not going to jump ahead in case you. Yeah. But they had to anoint them with the oil to consecrate them to the Lord. So because so they had to be holy. They had to be in. They had to be set aside. They had to be anointed. Yeah. They had to be consecrated to be made holy before they could be ordained because you can't ordain or appoint something that's for God's purpose. This is not yes fully yes you see what i mean so i think i think anoint it's kind you, of like a three-step consecrate thing. you have to anoint yeah so like it would anoint go to consecrate to anointation ordain. if that's a word anointation <laughs> say it it's really fun anointation anointation consecration or consecration ordination like yeah. they have to you have to be anointed first then consecrated then, then you can ordained. be ordained and, and then I the think, ordain only goes for people yeah but it's, i mean that's what makes sense to me because it's pertain to a particular role i mean even think about it we still ordain pastors yeah so yeah okay that makes sense anyway yes so moving on from that conversation the right ear the right thumb the right hand listen y'all we were so convinced that 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 phrase or that them talking about putting the blood on like the ear the toe and everything it was that that was in the last episode's readings the last episode or the episode before that like i it's somewhere in three we thought it was in somewhere from three through seven we aside from like reading it to prepare for the episodes we read it so many times looking specifically we spent like an hour we were gaslighting ourselves we were i think it's because we talked about it specifically at some point in exodus is why it sounded familiar so like the thing that sounded familiar to me was remember the slaves that we talked about the laws mm-hmm. for slaves if they didn't want to leave they had to have a like oyster husk thing th- th- yeah in their, their ear, ear. Mm-hmm. and it was their right ear yeah but i also feel like we did talk about something with the thumb i think it right was in but i think like, it was in that one lecture by rts that we listened to i think that guy referenced it 
did he yeah i don't think yeah i think he referenced it but i don't think he read it like obviously we read it through it is not in three for seven (laughs) but anyway it's here i just thought that was funny so um enduring word says the consecrated priests were stained with the blood of sacrifice they could hear differently because of the blood was on their ear they should work differently because the blood was on their thumb and they should walk differently because the blood is on their toe specifically it was applied to the right ear hand and foot this isn't because God felt they could do whatever they wanted with their left ear, hand, and foot. It is because the right side was considered superior with more strength and skill. God wanted their best to be dedicated exactly. to him. Yeah. So it's really just all in the way. I swear we talked about this before. It's all in the we way did. you we walk, you hear, it. We talked about work. it in Exodus. Whenever we learned about, if you go back and listen to whichever episode that is. If you is, find it, let us know. Please. <laughs> Email us allergic to grace podcast. No, allergic to grace. Allergic to grace at gmail.com. Also, too, if you just want to say hey. Right. Um I, I really think that that's where it was. But anyways, yeah, everything I read said pretty much the same thing. It was it was very fleshly symbolic. It was. It was. And it's it's gonna kill me. I I need to know in what <laughs> where did we where did we talk about it? Because it we've talked Exodus. about it previously. It I know we have. Are you sure it wasn't in Genesis? I'm positive because Moses didn't even, wasn't even, he didn't even exist in Genesis. Oh, I know that. I'm just saying. Yes. Kind of, no, whatever. It it's definitely fine. in Exodus. Hold on. I'm going to look. Okay, here we go. 19, Exodus 29, 19. You shall take the other ram and Aaron and his son shall lay their hands on the head of the ram and you shall kill the ram and take part of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and on the tips of the right ears of his sons and on their and on the thumbs of the right hands and on the great toes of their right feet and throw the rest of the blood against the sides of the altar. Because we looked, I remember we looked up what that meant because we were initially like, because this time around when I read it, I was it sounded familiar. I knew what they were talking about. And I really feel like we hit this pretty hard because we thought it was so random. Like, why Why is he putting it on his big toe? Yes. Which episode that is, I'm not sure. But if you want to read about it, it's whenever Moses was receiving the instructions for the first time on the consecration. I can't say that word. Consecration of the priests, Exodus 29. Isn't it amazing that there are instructions in a different book of the bible that correlate with this one like yeah it's so similar it's almost word for word like i still find that crazy yeah like the instructions are the same because he doesn't waver yeah god just doesn't waver if that doesn't prove that it's divinely inspired i mean think about like in comparison like the gospels matthew mark luke john well yeah they all all written by different people that's what i'm saying yeah that 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 wasn't word that was you know what i mean whereas that's even more impressive yeah whereas like this is straight from the of course it's going to be nearly exact because it's straight from yeah God. The yeah. only thing that's changing really is the tense because he was giving like, I instructions think, for the future and now he's giving instructions as I, it's happening. I want to think that Moses was writing these down as it happened. So like he was writing them down like when he got the time. first example mm-hmm. or the first, you know, rules and, and things. And then he wrote it down the second time. And then now he's writing it down as he did it. Like, you know, that's what I would think. So it's kind of impressive that it's still word for word mm-hmm. and it's still it, like yeah, exactly, exactly how God had said it. Remember was be. in the case for Christ, leashed by Lee Strobel, he talks about like how, because he was trying, he was, if you've never read it before, it's I've so talked good. about it before. It's an incredible book. We talked about it in the intro, intro episode. episode. Yeah. I, it's it's an incredible book. And he he's basically sets out to disprove 
God's existence yeah, in the Bible and that the Bible didn't come from him. And it's kind of like he says, one of the very first arguments is that like when you're going to trial and you have a witness and yeah. you have another witness and then you have another witness and they're all saying the same thing, like, yeah, this person did whatever it is that they did. Yep. You're going to believe them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. why so, else would these men want to be brutally murdered seriously for something that exactly. they didn't believe in anyway exactly get that's it a exact, whole... exactly <laughs> pun that's a whole different rabbit hole yeah. whole different rabbit hole anyway let's anyway, get back on track yes <laughs> section seven we're here at the last section of chapter eight is verse 30 through 36 and this is the meal of covenant ratification so um, oh, hold on. Says, Before we start this, I'm going to talk about the, the wave offering because I was like, what, sure, what is that? Sure. I just want to say in case anybody's wondering. It was we bi- talked. We briefly talked about yeah, it. Vaguely. We, we Basically, it was the priest. It. Yeah. Or waving the breast. Yeah. In the air so that it's clear that the sacrifice is coming from them. Or God. Yes. And then Moses waving his breast in the air. <laughs> like you just don't care um (laughs) moses waving his portion Uh in the air is a symbolic sacrifice because he's going to keep that for himself as a meal so anyway okay seventh part go um 30 through 36 it says then moses took some of the anointing oil and of the blood that was on the altar and sprinkled it on aaron and his garments and also on his sons and his son's garments so he consecrated aaron and his garments and his sons and his son's garments with him and Moses said to Aaron and his sons, boil the flesh at the entrance of the tent of meeting and there eat it and the bread that is in the basket of ordination offerings, as I commanded, saying Aaron and his son shall eat it. And when and what remains of the flesh and the bread, you shall burn up with fire. And if and you shall not go outside the entrance of the tent of meeting for seven days until the days of your ordination are completed, for it will take seven days to ordain you. As has been done today, the Lord has commanded to be done to make atonement for you. At the entrance of the tent of meeting, you shall remain day and night for seven days, performing what the Lord has charged so that you do not die. For so I have been commanded and Aaron and his sons did all the things that the Lord commanded by Moses. Mm-hmm. Seven days they had to stay in the entrance of the tent of meeting. At least they had each other. I mean, I guess. But and still. They had plenty of food. They killed they, a lot of you, stuff. Yeah. They had to get their minds right, basically, mm-hmm. and get themselves yeah. right with God mm-hmm. before yep. they could approach The him. seven day and the, the meals that were shared during those seven days symbolizes the bond between God and his priesthood. Yeah. And it's basically setting them apart and making them have time to themselves to reflect on their relationship with God, how they're going to lead their people. Mm-hmm really and like it's it all goes back to the thing is that eating is personal like everything that we did in this ordination ceremony eating is personal nobody else can do it for you somebody else can't eat and you be satisfied like and with god god is a personal god same thing Mm -hmm. same situation yep um i like the fact that it says um so that you do not die right (laughs) enduring word says if the threatening seem too severe for the fault it might be considered both that it is the unusual practice is the usual practice of lawgivers most severely to punish the first offenses for the terror and caution of others and for the maintenance of their own authority so it was basically putting a f- healthy fear of god in yeah it says don't leave or you will die mm-hmm. and i yeah don't eat of the fruit of the tree of life or you shall oh, surely, surely die, die. <laughs> stupid eve like if that isn't if that isn't like don't do this enough for them that's like like somebody giving you the answers to the test (laughs) 
right? Ugh. Anyway. Anyhow. Anyway, that was the end of eight. Yes. And that's where we are. Did that's you right. have anything at all? No, I was just going to point out the fact that, you know, they were, went through this whole process. They were, you know, first anointed and everything with oil and then they were redone again with the oil and the blood do you know why they mix the oil and the blood so, hey brand new clothes <laughs> the whole time that's what i'm thinking of it's just like dried blood on the on the nice brand new right fog. but i guess it's just as beautiful because it's the blood of forgiveness i guess i guess, yeah, I guess. sure I, just, I different times man <laughs> of all the things that's what i get hung up on anyways you know why they did it why what? Why they mix the oil and the blood? Oh, I was just thinking that they mix the oil and the blood. I mean, just because it was the blood of the of the sacrifice and the oil again because of the oil. Do you know? Is that why you're asking me? No, I think I, don't that, know. I'm, I think that's probably why, but I don't really know for sure. But think about what why we were they just, anointed twice. Then I was just gonna say, think about this because we were talking. I know we talked about it last very briefly last night. So yeah. it says this is from again Bible TV, Bible Talk TV. It's pretty much where I got all my stuff for this this episode. <laughs> the main difference between these two anointings was the first prepared Aaron purified him to make his offerings before God with his sons. The second was to confirm that the rituals had accomplished their purpose and anointed the ones. And the anointed ones were now considered to be priests in the service of God. So think about the three things we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Anointing, consecration, and ordination. Yes. So it was. I'm thinking it was just those steps. Okay. It was just like they were anointed. Then they were consecrated by mm -hmm. doing the... They were anointed with the oil. Then they were consecrated by making the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice. Sacrifices. Sacrifices. And then... Um, I mean, they won't be ordained until the seven day period and everything is over. Mm -hmm. But like, it's just one of those three steps, I think, anyway. You well, know it's a I mean? combination, I feel, too. Like with the oil, you're anointing with the oil. Yeah. And, and it's a combination of, of yeah. blood of sacrifice. Exactly. So it's just like another step in mm -hmm. that. I get Plus, what you're saying. The dry blood probably is going to stink. It's like step one and two combined yeah. to start off the seven day of ordination yeah and to, to like to con you know to help with the consecration because you have to sit the there and mm -hmm. think okay you look down and you see all this blood on you that is because of you it's it also a, a thinking point on their part mm -hmm. of you know reflecting back on their sin and how they should not want to yep. sin anymore yep you know exactly so that was the end of eight, end starting of eight. in chapter nine. Here we go. Which is the first services of the tabernacle. It is. They're open for business. Business. Basically, it's it's everything that we've talked about up until this point put into practice. Like mm -hmm. it's the burnt offering. It's happening. It's the grain offering. It's, it's the sin offering. It's the peace They're offering. Doing it. It's all the things. Mm -hmm. Um. So I also like to think of this chapter as the passing of the torch from moses to Aaron exactly at the same time yeah i like because that. it's a i <laughs> i was thinking the entire time we were reading this the, these chapters it's a see one do one teach one exactly yes situation with the sacrifices mm -hmm. because you have to think at the same time moses was the first one to do it right mm -hmm. now here we have in chapter nine aaron is going to do it aaron's mm -hmm. going to do it and he's going to teach his sons how to do it yes. so it's like a see one aaron saw moses do it do one he's going to do him himself and, and then, then he's teach gonna teach one yeah. he's going to teach his yeah. future sons so like very good anyway so on the eighth day, oh, that was bad. Starting in verse one, on the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said to them, Aaron, take for yourself a bull calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, both without blemish and offer them before the Lord and say to the people of Israel, take a male goat for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb 
both a year without blemish for a burnt offering and an ox and a ram for a peace offerings to sacrifice before the Lord and a grain offering mixed with oil for today the Lord will appear to you. I just like how it literally starts off on the eighth day. Mm-hmm. You get to work. That's right. It's You're done. It's time. Like you immediately get to work. Yep. I mean, I feel like being a priest is a hard job. It's very labor heavy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And, and more than one way. a certain amount of people can do it. Yeah. Like it is what it is. Like you are born into this station. Like yeah. you cannot you choose are. a different path. Yeah. Like you're born. All Levites can be priests, but only the blood of Aaron can, can be, be a high, high priest. priest. And so, they are trained from the day they are born. I yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't want to say it's like royalty because it's not the same thing. And we don't have, you know, the Israelites don't have a king or anything yet. But I mean, think about like, that's kind of what it is. Like, yeah, you would die. And then the next person in line, which I'm assuming would be the oldest male, mm-hmm. your oldest male son would then be ordained, would go through the whole ordination yeah. process again. And you'll be put into place as the high priest and, the torch. and so on and so forth. Yeah. Like this is just... Just like you said, you are born into your station. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I like to think it's different from like how our organizational government is set up now. Like the Israelites, they were they were centered on God. Their entire government system, quote unquote, government system was centered around the high God priest, built it. The priests. Yeah. God. Everybody was centered around their God religion Mm -hmm. and that's how i feel like that's still how it is today and in like israel and like the jewish community like their leaders are very much so religious leaders they're not that could be completely wrong but you know what i mean yeah yeah that sounds yeah that's fine it's very labor heavy so i i also thought about this when i was like oh the eighth day they're getting to work i was like idle hands stews disaster do you remember the last time aaron's hands were idle Here we go. You know, like mm, that's exactly I wonder if they're what still happened. hungry. Anyway, mm, you thirsty, Aaron? Anyway. You need a little drinky. So, um, we have two sacrifices, two pools of sacrifices. We're gonna do. We're gonna do a sin and burnt offering sacrifices for Aaron and his sons first, and then we're gonna do a sin and burnt offering for the people next, and then we'll have the peace and wave offerings for everybody to close out like the sacrificial day of giving Mm -hmm. um so it says and they brought what moses commanded in front of the tent of meeting and all the congregation drew near and stood before the lord and moses said oh missed the most important part the beginning of all this moses says hey bring me all these things this is what we're going to do today and god's going to show himself to you he's going to be here yeah boom that was their selling point i'm coming god's there i'm coming right okay anyway even though i'm deathly afraid of him kind of like the way you remember like no don't talk to us only talk to moses yeah we're good you tell him and he'll tell us right so in verse five it says and they brought what moses commanded in front of the tent of meeting and all the congregation drew near and stood before the lord and moses said this is the thing that the lord has commanded you to do that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, draw near to the altar and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself, for the people and for the people and bring the offering of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord commanded. Should we read through all of this? (laughs) I mean, I think we could skip down to the part where I mean, like, okay, so eight through 11, he does his Sacrifice sin, sin offering mm-hmm. that we've talked and then about he did his burnt offering weeks. and then he did the people's sin offering and the people's burnt offering and then he did the peace offering for the people and 
Yeah. And the, is there a grain offering? No, there's a wave offering and a wave offering uh, for the people. I do want to point out that Aaron, <laughs> it says, um, Moses said to Aaron, take for yourself a bull calf for a sin offering. Okay. If we remember back in what, two episodes ago when we talked about the sin offering. And if you were a priest, you were supposed to offer a bull because it was the most expensive type of offering you mm-hmm. could have. I like how in this first sin offering that Aaron yeah, has why? to do himself, yeah, it's so still a bull. Mm-hmm. But why is it a baby? But it's a baby. Ooh. Oh, if you make you think back to the calf that he made. Oh, yeah. It makes him think twice <laughs> and reflect on that horribleness blasphemy that oh, he did oh poor baby bull but anyway i thought that that was i didn't even make that parallel that is ironic it's god's humor i think it is his humor and his it's justice like, you like, like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. remember remember what you did i wanted to kill you have some water while you're doing that why don't you mm-hmm. i wanted to kill all of you <laughs> thank your brother seriously though anyway so I, th- I just thought that was funny um Anyway, so he does all the he does all the offerings. Do you have anything else before I move on to like the twenty two? No. Okay. So he did all the offerings. He atoned for his sin, atoned for the people's sin. They're gathering and they're yes. worshiping did and everything. What he's everything to like do, that we talked about. And then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. And he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. And when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. So, um, this I think is the passing of the torch here. When they go into the tent of meeting, like that's Moses and Aaron going into the actual tent of the tabernacle, right? They're not just in the court. They're going into the tent, like where nobody else can go at this point, right? Yes. So I think what I think happened in the tent is a, they were probably praying to God for their, for his glory to come down and be with the people. B, Moses was also probably showing him how to do everything in the tent, like how to keep the table of the showbread, yeah. with the altar of incense and like the lampstand and like where everything's supposed to go and how you're supposed to do the things inside the tent. Exactly. So I think in this moment, it was most definitely the passing of the torch to Aaron and then just another step. Like we started with the sacrifices. Now we're starting with the more intricate details of things inside the actual tent. I'm wondering too if he told him what he's supposed to do on the day of atonement. I guess we'll get he there probably, with the day of atonement. Yeah, I don't know we'll because at this point we don't have instructions for we that. Don't so we'll find out. We'll find out. Stay tuned to a later episode, not today. So resuming in verse 24, it says, "And the fire." No, yes, mm-hmm. the the glory of the Lord appeared to all people. What do you think that was? Because it doesn't say. Um, I read a couple of different postulations it was you know maybe they felt the presence they felt the heaviness of god i didn't even look around them or was it like the pillar of fire or Or was it like just the cloud or what do you think it was where do you think it was i think i don't think it was in the tent i feel like it was was in the court yeah it was like up over where like if everybody could see the glory of the lord like it was somewhere where everybody could see the glory of the lord you know the shekinah glory yeah that's interesting. An interesting thought. Anyway, n- we, nobody knows. That's, it just says that the glory of the Lord appeared to all people. Um, and it says, and the fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Mm-hmm. I had I had a bunch of different things about this. Go ahead, because I have nothing. 
Well, you know, prior prior to God accepting the sacrifices that were given for the people, mm-hmm. Moses and Aaron burned offerings on the altar of burnt offering. But God just consumed the offerings now in fire and lit the the thing for eternal, you know, for the eternal yeah. flame. Mm-hmm. So do you think that the, the sacrifices that were given by Moses for Aaron and then Aaron during this first half of the sacrifices, do you think that was just done with regular fire and then like it kind of kindled and they put the people's peace offerings and grain offerings and everything on the altar burnt incense and then it just kind of like was just there until God like smote it? I guess, yeah. Because they didn't know that the fire was to continue burning yet. No. So yeah. that would be my guess. Yeah. That makes the most sense logically Like he kind of like just reignited it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Because why, yeah. Right? Why would he put fire on top of fire? You know? But I mean, like he the, could if he wanted to. The offering was like, like immediately consumed. Yeah. Like it was just I would imagine yep. it was maybe like some smoldering coals. Maybe. Not like a full on like barbecue going on. Yeah. And like when I think- picture like the flame of the Lord, I picture like <gasps> the yeah. flame of the Lord. Some people speculate that it was like lightning that came down yeah, and like that makes sense. Shocked it. Some people think it was like a fire beam, like uh, came seen. down and like did it. Some people think that it was like from within the sacrifice itself, like that just combusted, combusted. immediately, mm. like whatever. But it says fire came out from before the lord and consumed it so i'm thinking either lightning or or like fire 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 beam yeah i'm going with fire beam okay okay. because why else would they shout and fall on their face yeah because it doesn't mention anything about thunder i mean sure there can be lightning without thunder but i mean god did smite a couple churches yeah but i'm just saying though like it would be like (laughs) i feel like he would have said something about there being thunder and allowed whatever lightning yeah i'm going with fire beam also fire beam fire beam as Mm -hmm. well yes Kind so of this, like the pillar of fire. The pillar of fire. Because they knew that was God. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, whoop. Bowing down. Okay. Yes. Um, have you ever seen the glory? Like something like crazy like that in real life? I'm just curious. I don't know how to think about it. I don't I, mean, I would have to think about it too, but nothing immediately comes to mind. Yeah, no. And how sad is that? We probably see like obviously his glory is in every single day. Like yeah. every single day, but like something major, like fire beam. <laughs> Uh, and would we recognize it? I don't know. The 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 fires in Hawaii are kind of suspicious. Joe. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really have any idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Have I? You know, think about it. I probably chopped it up to like ghosts or something. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, would we even know? Like, would we even? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I have to think about that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let me know. Uh, something that i read i don't remember where i got it from but it was a commentary i think it was talking about the fire that consumed it says this fire did consume or as the word is eat up Mm -hmm. the present sacrifice and in two ways this was the testimony of acceptance because this was just god accepting the sacrifices yes says it signified the turning away of God's wrath from them god's wrath is a consuming fire Mm -hmm. this fire might justly have fastened this fire might justly have fasted upon the people and consumed them for their sins, but it's fasting upon the sacrifice and consuming that signified God's acceptance of it as an atonement for their sins. Mm-hmm. 
It signified God's entering into a covenant and communion with them. They ate their part of the sacrifice and the fire of the Lord ate up his part. And thus he did, as it were, sup with them and they with him in Mm -hmm. Revelations 3.20. I like that. Mm. Yes. The wrath of God is a consuming fire. It is. He is. How do you think the world's going to end in fire? That's all I got to say. Glad I won't be here for it. (laughs) Take me now. But see, like the thing is. You know, Satan is associated with fire and brimstone and like all of that, right? But like, it's God's wrath that is, that is the fire. If you think Satan's fire is bad, can you imagine? No, absolutely not. Like, can you imagine? That alone, the fire beam lighting and consuming up the sacrifice. The raining fire of Sodom and Gomorrah. Like Seriously, seriously. Like, if that doesn't put a healthy fear of God in you, I don't know what will. Let's also talk about the exact opposite. The flood. Right. The entire earth wiped out. Yep. Like. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> that we're an hour in seriously we're in <laughs> chapter 10 which we said in the beginning we're gonna have a lot to talk about so yeah, i have three. Oh my gosh i have two so, but i write big so oh lastly before we get into this chapter the fire that was lit by the fire beam mm-hmm. was never to go out yes. as stated in chapter 6 verse 13 yeah, i was gonna say we just this talked fire about that last was that Everything was to be taken from. This was a fire that everything was to be taken from. The sacrifices for the incense table, for the lampstand. This was the fire that was supposed to be used in the holy worship and sacrifice for God. You would use one of the other tabernacle tools, get your fire from this fire and take it to wherever it needed to go. But remember, the lamp is never supposed to go out. No, this the, fire yes. is never supposed to and go out. Like in the, I don't think the lamp is ever supposed to go out. You're supposed to continue to keep oil in it because mm-hmm. it's the fire's from where? It's from that fire. Yeah. And does the altar of incense continue to burn? I don't remember. Anyway, anyway so th- like this fire was from God. It was an extension of his glory. Yeah. And to deviate from that and in, in holy practice is... We gonna find out. As we'll find out. I'm sure some of you already know. <laughs> So chapter 10 literally says the unfortunate, unfortunate demise of, how, what did we say? Half of Aaron's sons. N- N- oh, Nadab and Abihu. Nadab and Abihu. So these were two sons of Aaron. Were they his oldest sons? Yeah, they were his two oldest sons. Two oldest sons. I want to point out that this whole situation takes place literally the same day of their ordination. Yes. The same day. LOL. Mm. Anyway, boys, boys, starting in chapter 10, I'm going to read through verse three. Now, Nadab and Abihu, Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. If you don't know what a censer is, it's a ceremonial incense burner. Yeah, I was thinking just like a fire pan of sorts. Yeah, it's actually, you know, those things that people swing around. Where did they even get them? I don't know. Because they, they make them. clearly not. So this just goes to show you this is premeditated. Oh, yeah. Like, it was premeditated. They were probably like, you know what? We've been here for seven days. We are ordained. We've done all the things. Let's go do this. Let's demand to be in God's presence. Mm-hmm. 
And they did the one thing that they weren't supposed to do. A, probably entered into the tent of meeting by themselves. Mm-hmm. B, offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, as in they made the own their own fire to burn their incense within their censers. And their own incense. And their own incense. Keep in mind about the magic, not magic, but like the divine formula that was, we talked did about this. Magic? I did, but that's not, I meant like the divine formula <laughs> that was supposed to be secret that and was is set only forth to in be used for Exodus. Mm-hmm. Yes, Exodus. God's purpose in the tabernacle you know so i just like the fact that aaron held his peace yeah he's like okay he can't be upset he can't be upset because they were justly killed yeah and that was god's judgment yeah god's judgment just came down in acceptance and in glory taking up the sacrifice and now his consuming fire is burning judgment yeah and one of the things i read said you know maybe that after god's incredible work of like you know lighting the fire after the fire beam you know they've been ordained and like you said they feel like there's something in their high place it's because they've been set apart and so they're just gonna go ahead and approach god because they think they can Mm -hmm. it's pride it's a thousand percent pride boom dead who are you like cain that's exactly what i thought of am i my brother's keeper my brother's keeper i love that episode so much like (laughs) am i my brother's keeper? who are you like like you and this is your first day on the job man. literally and it said you know they approach god for no real reason other than because they thought that they could like they had no reason to and let's keep in mind that like i think it's important to know and maybe i'm getting my head ahead of myself here this is when like i went into the whole i literally just said an entire prayer of thanks because the old testament god is the same as the new testament god the difference is is jesus christ Mm -hmm. through him we can go to him Mm -hmm. whenever we want and i think people tend to forget like what happens or like you if you you can't you can't just go to God without Jesus mm-hmm. because his blood is what covers us. His blood is the sacrificial blood that makes it OK for us to approach God. Mm-hmm. And without that, well, we saw what happened to Nadab and Abihu, didn't we? We did. I said I wrote down. It made me just really appreciate even more that I can enter the presence of God whenever I want. I think we can sometimes forget that it's really easy and it is really so easy and God is so accessible now. Jesus had to suffer to gain us access this to gain us this access. I see he's the only reason we can. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you couldn't just approach God to approach God. Not in your no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I feel like they they wanted to connect to God in their own way exactly they demanded to come to him in their own pre-trance like they 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 didn't come to him as he commanded to exactly, him. exactly they they had a they committed if you will a high-handed sin yeah they went directly against his what he had said to do yeah so basically they thought what they wanted mm-hmm. and what they believed was just uh-huh. as important as what god had revealed yeah and their error was <laughs> no that's no that's so enduring word says this it says what are we saying nadab 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 and 
Abihu had a legacy of great spiritual experiences as first-hand witnesses. They saw all the miracles God did in bringing the nation out of Egypt. They heard the voices of God and saw the fire, lightning, smoke, and felt the thunder and the earthquake with the rest of the nation at Mount Sinai. They went up with Moses, Aaron, and 70 elders for a special meeting with God on Mount Sinai where they saw the God of Israel. So they saw God and ate and drank with Mm -hmm. him. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, This shows that even a legacy of great spiritual experiences can't keep us right with God. Only an abiding relationship grounded in the truth of God's word can. Exactly. Exactly. And I like the study portion of... Like, did they think they weren't going to die? Did they they think they would have zero consequences? They did not. They They thought that they could just do it. And I like that the study portion of my Bible says... You know, skipping down a few, it says, while priests have been ordained and are holy in terms of their office, that holiness is only an outward one. Yeah. It does not necessarily mean that they have inner holiness of heart and conduct. Yep. And the the verse that says what what God, yes, what God said to Moses said, among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before mm-hmm. all the people, I will be glorified. It was kind of like an outward show of who he is. He has to be sanctified in the t- in, in terms of, you know, who is all near him. He has to remain holy. Yeah. And if you cross that boundary of his sanctification, there are consequences. Yeah. And then B, in terms of all the people, he will be glorified. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. It was an outward judgment. Yeah. Our bodies are charred in the yeah, absolutely. entrance to the tent absolutely. of meeting. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, um, devoured in 10.2 is the same word that is as consumed in 9.24 oh, in Hebrew. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The fire that consumed the sacrifice and approval and acceptance is the same fire that devoured Nadab Makes and Abate. Abihu. Abihu in judgment. Abihu. I need to write it out phonetically. But yeah, Aaron held his peace. He had no other option but to. Yeah, he had because to. Because to not held his peace, to get angry with God about what he just did is to defy him. Well, it's to die. It would be. If he like, was like, why did you kill my sons? But they I were think, doing nothing wrong and thinking that they were doing nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah, well, and let's... Shows that you shouldn't be the high priest. Yeah, well, and let's just talk about like they did nothing wrong, right? On the surface, you know, isn't there's another issue. Like on the surface, okay, yeah, it can look like it's not a big deal. Like mm-hmm. they were just trying to sacrifice and talk to God. They just wanted to talk to God. No, they did it the wrong way. But it, there was, Jesus Christ was not there. Like you in the Old Testament, in, in those days, you just couldn't do that. You could not approach God the same way. You well, they, they approached him and they were able to approach him in the, in the tent of meeting. They had to go to the altar of burnt incense. In the proper way. Yes, but like what their downfall was is they did not adhere to the practices that was set forth by God. They did not adhere to giving the fire from the repeatedly altar. Word, we just talked about it repeatedly you know? word for word by God. Exactly. Like they didn't adhere to the instructions. We, yes. And we even talked about, I can't remember if it was in the last episode or the episode before that, like even if you were giving a peace offering, you still had to address your sin. Yeah. You have to follow the instructions. Follow the instructions. Anyway so that was their death (laughs) in verse four and i think hold on in regards to aaron holding his peace do you think it's also too like yes he realized that he couldn't but do you think it's also because he understood that what they did was wrong yes yeah like i think so too i was just yeah i feel like he was a point too that he was probably in shock honestly yeah and trauma and traumatized and everything like that but he was probably like yep they deserve that Mm -hmm. like yeah, because god is just exactly 
And how can your high priest doubt God's judgment? Exactly. And I think it just goes to show that his station, he's appropriate. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. He has two more sons, by the way. Um, so Moses called two more sons of Aaron's uncle, basically said so they're cousins. Yeah. Um, they weren't direct descendants of Aaron, so they weren't of that priestly line. And he told them to carry um, those two boys away from the sanctuary and out of the camp. Right? Yeah. Um, and the reason why verse six and said and says, and Moses said to Aaron and to this their two, cousins. Their, the other two sons of Aaron, um, do not let the hair of your heads hang loose and do not tear, tear your clothes lest you die and wrath come upon all the congregation. But let your brothers, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning that the Lord has kindled and do not go outside the entrance of the tent of meeting lest you die for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. So Moses told his cousins to take away the bodies mm-hmm. basically because um, the people of the priestly line are not to be touching dead bodies to begin with, because that puts them in Correct. an unclean state. Um, but they also just spent all this time and effort and resources consecrating the priests who were Aaron and his sons. Yes. Who all was left as in the three people that were left, mm-hmm. uh, were not about to be defiled a or have the opportunity to go out against God's clear instructions to mourn the the loss of those two boys um and thus be killed also because mm-hmm. think about it if they were able to take off the bot take take away the bodies um they were leaving the tent of meeting which a god said not to do so a they would be put to death right then and there b if by some miracle they weren't put to death by leaving the tent of meeting they had to touch the body they just went through all this whole process to ordain and clean themselves so that was ruined c they would also have the opportunity to mourn the loss of the of the brothers they would have to bury them and basically be like you know sad about that yeah how could you not be sad about that you're human Mm -hmm. so in doing that mourning process they would have the opportunity to then again go against what god has said not to do yeah so they would die Mm -hmm. so if they all died there would be no priests (laughs) basically because that's it we have aaron we have his two sons now and that's it they don't have any sons the boys no they're not married they don't have any sons yet not yet anyway that's all i have that's all i have Okay, so we're going to continue reading. It says in verse 8, yeah, and the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, drink no wine or strong drink or you you or your sons with you when you go into the tent of meeting lest you die. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations. You are to distinguish between the holy and the common and between the unclean and the clean. And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. It's basically just explaining their station and how they're not supposed to drink alcohol. Moses, Aaron, no. Moses spoke to Aaron and to Eliezer and Athamar, his surviving sons. Take the grain offering that is left to the Lord's food offerings and eat it unleavened beside the altar, for it is most holy. You shall eat it in a holy place because it's your due and your sons due from the Lord's food offerings. For so I am commanded. Basically, he's just separating out the, the offerings. Yeah. What, what is their food offerings? Yeah. 
Um, and 16, it says, now Moses diligently acquired about the goat of the sin offering and behold, it was burned up and he was angry with Eliezer and Ithamar, the surviving sons of Aaron saying, why have you not eaten the sin offering in the place of the sanctuary since it is a thing most holy and has been given to you that you may bear the iniquity of the congregation to make atonement for them before the Lord. Behold, its blood was not brought into the inner part of the sanctuary. You certainly ought to have eaten it in the sanctuary as I commanded. And Aaron said to Moses, behold, today, today they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering to before the Lord. And yet such things as these have happened to me. If I have eaten the sin offering today, would the Lord have approved? And when Moses heard that he approved. So basically the boys didn't carry out the step-by-step instructions that were supposed to happen after a sin offering. Mm-hmm. And Moses is like uh, angry about it. He's yeah. Like, uh, why didn't you do these? Did you things? not just learn? learn Did you your not lesson? learn your lesson? Did you learn nothing. <laughs> like hmm. so, and then uh, what I read was the fact that when Aaron spoke up for his sons, it was basically Aaron told his sons not to do those yeah. things, and mm-hmm. that's why he spoke up for them. Um, why do you think he didn't eat it? I think that he didn't do the things that were supposed to be done because from what i read and what i get from there is is because aaron knew while outwardly he was you know not mourning he was keeping it together the way god told him to but he also knew his flesh was still his flesh and he couldn't help but feel the loss of his sons and so because he felt like spiritually he wasn't in a place that would be acceptable for him to partake in the sin offering, Mm -hmm. thus making it null and void, he chose not to partake in it and take that risk in defiling all of Israel, basically. I feel like the the sin offering started out as a sin offering. And when they didn't take their portion or do anything else with the blood, um, it turned into a burnt offering. Um, and I feel like that is in part why he didn't eat, um, because he says they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord. And yet such things of these have happened to me as in like, we've already been forgiven for our sins. We've already, we've done all these things we did as we were told. And yet my sons are still dead. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, yes, it's in part of, he wasn't in the right heart space yeah so but why would he offer another burnt offering it turned into a burnt offering because he didn't do anything with it so well okay i see what you're saying so it could it's kind of like okay then to me it was kind of like i mean i don't know other way to say this than to say the way that it's kind of like a two for one kind of so yeah whereas like then it didn't then it wasn't completely wasted Mm -hmm. he didn't feel that he could acceptably couldn't acceptably use it to atone for the sins so he instead changed it took it upon himself to change it and Mm -hmm. make it into a burnt offering that makes sense yeah and i mean at the same time i feel like you're right like he was he wasn't supposed to outwardly mourn for his sins but i feel like it was still appropriate to fast on the day that his sons died yeah well and think about it too regardless of like whether god told you don't you you can't mourn don't mourn like Mm -hmm. you're still flesh those were still your sons and like think about everything that him and his sons have been through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Egypt, yeah. the wilderness. They finally get through the stupid golden calf. We finally <laughs> get here to this point, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And 
I really like these verses just because I think it too, it speaks to how personal our God is. Like he yep. knew where Aaron's heart was. And, and God, that's why he didn't immediately smite him exactly, for going against the instructions. He knew that he was trying to do what was the right thing because he knew spiritually he wasn't in an in an okay place and to in do reality, what that. Like he really didn't go against the instructions. Like I feel like if the other boys would have taken their portion and ate it and he, he didn't, didn't, then that would be directly going against yes, the instructions. But or, instead of taking those portions from the sin offering, they just turned it into exactly, a burnt offering and they exactly. didn't break the I really rules. like that you pointed that out because I think if it would have been whereas if he wouldn't have done anything with it and would have pretty much wasted it yes. and not used it for other purposes, like you said, the burnt offering, then I feel like we would have he would have been in some trouble yeah. but i think he thought out mm-hmm. you know that you pointed that out and it's also at the same time like he's he's it's the the intention behind the burnt offering is to give your entire life to god and yeah. like he just literally lost his sons yeah. and he's still and dedicating he's, his yes, life to god he's still so. here he's still doing what he's supposed to be doing mm-hmm. his other sons are still there doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah. and god knew that and i feel like that's also why moses didn't throw a fit about it yeah he's like oh well okay and he saw the he saw the healthy fear of God in his brother, which I'm sure had to be reassuring for yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what that was. Let's be real. Like he just saw his sons get murdered, and he's like, "Well, I don't want to make him angry, so like, yeah. we're just not going to do this today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. not going to break any more rules. Yeah, right. So. Right. Yeah, I think anyway. that was good. What did you say your favorite verse was? You said ten something. Oh yeah, but what did you say? You, ten three. Yeah, let's just use that one's fine. Let's do that one. Oh, my Bible was closed. it ten three? No, and then, no you, it was the one about. Wasn't it about the people being anything that's near him? Yes. So then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified, and before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held 10-3? his peace. That is ten three. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Okay. There it is. I, I don't know why I couldn't see that. Okay. Are we rereading it? That was our favorite verse. What was our favorite verse? <laughs> Chapter 10, verse three. <laughs> and it's just really God had just killed some people. And he's like, um, remember who I am. Yeah. Like and remember that I am, I am holy and I deserve all the glory and honor and praise. It's kind of like when you say, don't break it, the rules. Exactly. Like I in the re like, respect me you respect, will you and it was, will respect what they did me. was disrespectful let's be real it was so it really was. in the sight of all the people he will be glorified because of what he has done exactly a b and those that he is near he will be sanctified as in he will remain holy Precisely. and he will not be defiled exactly. by human existence mm-hmm. exactly that was a very gloom ending to this episode, it but it was all good things. It was good things. <laughs> it was good things. Yep. So in the next episode, we will be discussing chapters 11 through 12 of Leviticus, and that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's Word, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.